Remarkable Value 4386 asks, Boyfriend won't post slash acknowledge on social media, but wants me to post. I've been with my boyfriend Mm. for almost a year, and I've posted us whenever it feels natural, having a nice dinner, on vacation, maybe something nice he does for me. I'm not a huge social media person, but every now and then, I like to highlight some times of my life. He has never once posted us, and I brought it up a couple months ago, and he just shrugged it off saying he didn't think much of it. No big deal. I don't really care much anyways. Now, several months later, I've commented on a few posts just encouraging him or leaving a heart, and he doesn't like or acknowledge or reply to me, even if he interacts with others in the same post. I didn't think much of it until we went on vacation, and he posted a few things, but not a thing of us. So I brought it up again because it just feels imbalanced at this point. Before I started posting us, he'd get on my case about how my Instagram just looks like I was single. And I'm like, question mark? So does yours? Question mark? And now that I've posted us, he doesn't reciprocate. And while I don't think it's a big deal, it hurts. He can't even acknowledge me when he replies to others. Am I overthinking it? Probably. IDK, I just want some outside opinions. Mm, thank you for the question. I think you got to ask him for it directly. Um, you want to be acknowledged in front of other people. This is a uh, normal and common desire uh, to feel seen, to feel like... Um, your partner's proud of you and yeah. they're willing to like show the world their affection for you. And it's not like something that they're ashamed of or that they're keeping a secret. Um, so I think you just got to ask for that in the ways that you want it. It sounds like you want it online in terms of having some like public conversations. Um, and maybe he's got some reason. Also, when you ask for it, be willing to listen if there's like, Somebody um, who's watching his social media account, maybe a coworker, a family member, or somebody who's um, judgmental of him, or that he wants to avoid, like bringing his uh, romantic life onto the internet into that visible space, and maybe he's more comfortable like kissing you in public or um, doing something that's not online, and then maybe you can um, get this need met that way. Um, if you want it online, I think you got to ask for the specifics, and it's okay to want these things. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, I, it sounds like she's saying that he she has asked for it, um, but maybe maybe not I heard, directly. You, you read it with your eyes, and I just listened with my ears. But yeah. I was hearing um, <laughs> that she asked why he didn't, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and. He just said it wasn't a big deal to him. Um, that might not be. She might have seen that interaction as her requesting the thing, but without right. a direct, hey, um, like use the nonviolent communication of here's what I've noticed. Here are my feelings about it. Here's what I would like. And here's why it's important to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, you're you might right. need all of that encouragement to do it. You're right. And also be willing to like ask him what does that cost him? Like, what is that? Um, does that hurt him? Does that shame him? And and be willing to uh, hear his answer, even if it's something that you dislike. Like, he may have different values or care about somebody's opinion that you think is dumb and or meaningless. But like, yeah. his old buddy thinks it's um, soft or unmanly or something for men to post pictures of their girlfriends, and he's heard him making fun of it. You know. That might be a vulnerable thing for him to tell you that he cares about somebody else's opinion like that. 
Yeah. And I'm sure that it's vulnerable for you too to even kind of state this need. Cause as you're saying, like, you're like, well, it's not that big of a deal to me, but it is creating this, um, discomfort or sense of hurt. So I think that maybe you need to model to him, like, Hey, even though I don't like that, this means something to me, it does. And so I really need you to mm-hmm. take it more seriously. And and that requires you to take this need more seriously in yourself, because probably what you're doing, which we all have this tendency to do is kind of minimize something that we want or need because we wish we didn't want or need it. Um, and it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good to have to ask for this type of validation or, or show display of affection. Um, but, but denying that you want it or trying to downplay how significant it is to you definitely doesn't help the situation because it just kind of continues to breed resentment and a lack of communication where, like Rob said, maybe it feels like you're asking for it more directly, uh, or assertively than you really are because, it's, it's going through that layer that you're adding of, well, this doesn't really mean that much to me. It's no big deal. It's just social media, yada, yada, yada. But whether we like it or not, a lot of our lives take place on social media or inform other people's perceptions of us or our perceptions of us. And I think that there's, there's work to be done around just owning owning what that is, owning the impact this has on our lives and then owning the impact that it happens to have in your relationship right now. Um, and maybe Mm -hmm. you can even offer it as like some kind of fun, creative trade-off. Like you do this for me and I'll think of, think of something that you might want from, from me. Um, Mm-hmm. I don't know, make it something playful and fun. Cause I know at the beginning of your post, you said, you know, I would just kind of post when it felt natural. So it, it can be hard to overcome that hump of like, Oh, he's not doing this thing naturally. And I, I wish it were more organic, but if you make it fun and worthwhile and a win-win for both people, it can regain some of that sense of, Oh, this isn't this big drag. It's, it's something that we do together. It's something that is fun for us and rewarding for both of us in different ways. And, you know, relationships are always about some level of compromise and taking care of each other's needs. And the more that Mm -hmm. you don't own that this is a need that you have, it's not going to get met. Um, And it's going to create further distance between the two of you. And I I really want to normalize. And the the reason that I picked this question is because I really just wanted to normalize that this is a request. This is a very fair request. And it, it's, it's something that we all want. Like Rob said in the beginning, we all want to feel seen and in this public way that's become meaningful in our culture, in our way of life. And yeah, that kind of sucks in a way, but in another way, of course it makes sense because it plays on our evolutionary desire to have status and, um, that's that's not something that's like within our control. It's just the world that we're living in and these bodies and these egos <laughs> that we have to contend with. Yeah. I'd um I would just uh advise caution on um asking for too much of a uh too much control over his like sense of identity. Um hmm. I think like 
de- demanding versus re- like uh, be willing to hear a no and accept a no if if it's something like you want uh, his main profile picture to be a picture of the two of you. Um, it may be important to him to feel like a uh, an autonomous individual, and um, it could lead to other problems in the relationship if he feels like he uh, has to identify only as like a part of a two-person unit um i agree but yeah, I, also, I, I yeah just talk to him about how he feels about it um the other thing i want to mention that i forgot to pick mm-hmm. up in my comments too was like you know he acknowledges that like when the shoe's on the other foot you know he said okay so it looks like you're he was he was on his, your her case about how her her instagram made her look like she was single so <laughs> did he say that was before they were dating? Um, it did says, she say that that's what it says. I brought it uh, before I started posting us. He'd get on my case about how my Instagram just looked like I was single. Ah. And she said, OK, well, so does yours. And then he, now she's posted pictures of the two of them and he hasn't. So it, to, to me, it just I'm kind of like on the poster's side to some extent, which I love that we're like taking these kind of sure. opposite views um, because it's like. Yeah. Uh, uh, From the perspective of the guy, it's like, well, I don't want other guys to look at your Instagram and think that you're single and not see me represented and not see that you're taken. So how is that any different from her wanting him to show her off and have some kind of signal, not necessarily to other women, but to to her that that she's meaningful in his life? So so I don't know. I don't know how much I don't know where the boundary, the right boundary is between, well, this is my identity online and I want to preserve this element of my independence. I'm all for preserving independence. Um, But on the other hand, like, oh, it's like when the shoe's on the other foot. Now it's important to him. (laughs) It's a bit of a double standard. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah, I I think as a it's uh, maybe an advanced move to <laughs> recognize that sometimes you need to be able to ask for things that you're unwilling to give your partner, but mm. like it, it doesn't all have to be symmetrical. But um, yeah, yeah. In this case, on this, this doesn't seem like it's a, a huge issue yet, or something that's like really causing a, a rift between the two of you in in a huge way. But I would um, examine why it matters to you it it may be that um it feels like he's trying to hide you from other right. potential women that he might be interested in and um just you can talk about that um especially just conversing in comments or liking comments and that i think should be a, a simple and easy thing for him to do if if he does it anyway um yeah then like with, with if he's commenting with other people or liking other things, like just just hey hey, can you like my posts sometimes? It make me feel uh, supported in a public way, and that would make me happy. Yeah, I, I think you're right though that it is worth her questioning on a deeper level. Okay, well, what does this mean to me that he's acknowledging yeah. me, posting me, all that stuff? Because if he really did have resistance to doing those things, there are other ways. I think to to validate that need so really understanding what is at the basis of the need i think is important mm-hmm. yeah sweet do you have anything and else you why oh, it, uh, <laughs> so you I do have more to say <laughs> harder after he posted yeah i do i got something um it's harder when he was posting other things from the vacation that weren't anything about the two of you um right. if he just wasn't using social media at all 
then I think it's a harder request to be like, hey, can you incorporate this like potentially uh, toxic habit into your life so that other people can see that we're dating? But if he's using it already, then like having requests, I think that that's that's reasonable yeah. or more uh, grounded. I could see why it's more hurtful. Be totally. Posting some things. Um, but then he may opt for the route of, okay, well, I'm just going to stop using social media because it sounds like another <laughs> thing that I can put up. That's been largely my uh, approach to these issues. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he may choose that route, and that, that would be fair, I guess. Um, right. But, yeah, well, you know, we hope that this at least gives you um, some new avenues to pursue it and chew on it and, um, hopefully just bridge gaps between the two of you, um, rather than further create that imbalance that you're pointing to. So I hope this is a helpful, it's helpful to hear, you know, these outside opinions, like you said, uh, and we wish you all the fricking best. Let us know how it goes. Episode 65, motherfuckers. Ow, ow. Do you think Eiffel 65 would be proud of us for making it this far? Yeah, I mean, how far did they make it? Maybe right? they gave up I at feel 65. like, uh, huh? I liked their album. I liked Blue Dabu Dee Dabu Die was a super catchy song. Oh, I, I mean, fucking loved to that, that album. That that's on my list of greatest earworms of all time. <laughs> you know, an earworm is a worm that slithers into your ear and then gets stuck in your brain, wiggling around. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you think of a song that just really gets stuck more than "I'm blue to die, 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 die"? Oh, yeah, man, I got think you. About that crowd I got you of little covered. Blue aliens. <laughs> hmm. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get stuck that precisely, but the Macarena part, very, very sticky. Right. See, that one one has some confusion around what are those words. Hey, Macarena. (laughs) Maybe it has that going for it. It makes you want to listen to it to try and, like, I think a certain, like, difficulty remembering Mm. makes you want to play the song again so that, you know, it's that, like, you can almost figure it out. You can remember little pieces of it, but you need to hear it. Because um, it's like a it's like a blurry photograph you want to increase the resolution on in your brain. Yeah, it's um, got it's got like a very non-specific exoticism to it. Very compelling. Mm-hmm. It's like what is the I'm going to take blue over Macarena. Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to not choose Eiffel 65. I had that album. I had Europop. I even followed them into their like Italian music career. When I came back from studying abroad in Italy, I was like, oh, my God, this band that I fucking loved when I was like nine also is Italian and sings music in Italian. And I was like insistent that I was going to remember the language that I had just learned. But, you know, I didn't. But I still wow, I didn't love know that. Yeah. Yeah. Viaggia insieme me. Oh, what a what a classic. <laughs> hmm. um, a classic to no one but me. Um, <laughs> but anywho, um, 
how are you doing right now? Do you have any uh, questions, calls for advice that you want to ask me or any just updates you want to share about your life in general before we get back to the listeners? Hmm. Um, uh, uh, I've been looking for foster dogs. I don't think that you're going to give me really good advice on how to pick them and no, what to, <laughs> that's not my no, specialty. Yeah, so. I'm just telling you that. That's um, good. Uh, nah. You got any? Do I got any? Anything? Um. Yeah, you got anything you need advice on? I I don't know if I do either. I'm I'm kind of like kind of chomping at the bit to get to our questions that we've picked out because we've got so many good ones. Um, but cool. I also feel Jump like, well, boy, I don't really want to deprive our listeners of like, well, what's going on in our lives. Because I'm sure that's People what they're living is... for. <laughs> living All right, give for one tiny, give one really little detail from your life then. Okay, one really little detail from my life then. Um, yep. On the pet front, um, I have two rabbits, Cosmo and Yoki, as some of you may know. And Cosmo has been very sleepy lately. And I'm hoping it's just because mm. of the hot weather. But I got nervous because he had a bit of a health scare um, a, a, around this time, actually last year. Uh, and so I'm just keeping an eye on him, but I'm hoping that like, have you been, have you felt sleepier this time of year, this climate? Can you relate mm. to Cosmo in this way? No, actually I've felt more awake recently. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. That's not helping. But. That's kind of how I feel in the summer, too. I, I'm excited. I love it. I love being hot, but I'm also not covered in fur. So, you know. Sure. It is what it is. Could you shave him? Was that Would that be good for him? <laughs> if you made him like a hairless cat? Oh, my God. I can't even imagine what that would look like. I can't even. I, we did... I did have to cut a bunch of his hair off because he has this like long shaggy hair and sometimes it gets matted. So I just have to cut a bunch of it off um, at different points. And he looks so funny. Like he looks so different. You know, it's like it's like when a human male gets like a dramatic haircut and suddenly mm -hmm. it's like, whoop, like he looks like a little boy, <laughs> um, which brings me to actually one of our questions. So I'm going to just jump right into that because okay. uh, I think it's just so Apropos. So this one comes to us from Candle Burner. I was forced right. to get my hair cut. How do I deal with having hair that Ooh. I feel ashamed of? Yeah, I know. <sighs> After a few months of trying to grow it out a bit so that I could try some new stuff, I was forced to get my hair cut very short, two all over. Now I don't feel comfortable being seen by others, but I still have to go to work. I don't know what to do. I feel so humiliated. Okay. Hmm. Have you ever heard the advice when you get a nose job, also change your hair so that people think that um, <laughs> that's the thing that's making you look different? I've never heard that. No. <laughs> Is that a well, real thing? That street goes both ways. If you <laughs> get a haircut get a you don't job. like, you can get a nose job <laughs> so that people are like, oh, well, a nose is different. Distracts from the hair. Yeah. No, that's kind of a joking suggestion. I'm sure your nose is, is great. I, I mean, 
I don't know. There's a lot of difficulties with deviated septums and things. I guess the nose is a common problem area for health and for looks reasons, uh, according to our cultural standards. But um, that's not that serious of a suggestion. All right. I'm going to start off with hats. Maybe you can't wear a hat at work, which, okay, that's tough. Um, Next, uh, gel and oils. Um, you could try any of those, uh, brushing, combing, I don't know, Morgan, try maybe glasses, non-prescription lenses. If you don't have glasses yet, maybe that works better with your hair. Yeah. So I think practically all the things that you suggested are great. A hat, gel, brushing, all those things. Um, Can you grow facial hair? Oh, good question. Yeah. So just, yeah. So, so I think that like, I guess the first thing that I want to say is as someone who used to very frequently change my hair and was very attached to how it looked. Um, I mean, it's a little different across the like male female divide, but I would get so upset when I would, my hair would get cut shorter than I wanted. And you know, my mom would say like, well, that's the thing about hair. It grows and it's, she's right. But it also was really frustrating feedback. Cause it's like, well, that doesn't help me right now because I'm just feeling shitty. And so I really empathize with that, that sense of feeling humiliated and just not wanting people to see you looking suboptimal or your perception. Of course, it's important to say that, that that's your perception too. And you're, you're comparing yourself to a version of yourself that you preferred with the longer hair, but someone else may not have a preference or, you know, may not really be as familiar with your hair setup as you are. And, and generally people aren't paying as much attention to us as we think, or maybe even hope on some level. Um, and Mm -hmm. again, that's not the most helpful advice to when someone says I'm feeling ashamed of how I look to go, no, don't worry. No one's looking at you anyway. You fuck. Cause no one wants to hear that either. (laughs) Um, but it is important to say that that hair grows, um, and that you won't be stuck with this forever. And there are a lot of things in life where we have to just, sort of take a deep breath and go, okay, this is what this is right now. This is shitty right now. This is not my preference. And and my hair is a piece of my identity. And I want people to think a certain thing about my identity or, you know, feel a certain way about me or find me attractive or think that I'm sophisticated and I don't feel like myself or I don't feel like those things in this hair. And when you when your hair is as short as you're saying it is, there's not really that much you can do aside from, I think, like wearing a hat um, to radically change it. So I think mm-hmm. the real work here is to disconnect your sense of identity from how your hair looks. And I think that this is a really valuable trick and lesson to start practicing now Um is reframing like how can I how can I use my discomfort about this haircut to learn a really important lesson and to practice thinking about the things that I like about myself that having bad hair doesn't change or you can also get creative about okay well what other aspects of my look are things that I care about and can adjust and use to kind of 
compensate, not necessarily hide or mask, but kind of lean into the look that you want to have um, to compensate for this this <coughs> thing that you can't change right now about your appearance and that you have to kind of just mm-hmm. wait out. Yeah. Um, you can go for a more streamlined look altogether. Um, you could, uh, put those little notches with the buzzer into your sideburns or the the back of the neck or even the eyebrow, um, careful around your eye, but that's something that people, it's a trend these days. Um, you can become a shinier person by just rubbing coconut oil all over your scalp and head and face. And maybe that <laughs> when in doubt, be shinier. that slickens you. Yeah. You could I, also I, make I, a really dramatic I've other enjoyed choice that. Mm-hmm. that would distract people from your hair, like wearing a tank, like wearing a tube top. <laughs> no one will look at your hair if you're wearing a tube top. <laughs> tube top. <laughs> tank top. Okay. Get your ears pierced. Um, put some lightning bolts in there that was pretty fun i did that yeah um and wait it out you'll both get more comfortable with the way it looks while it uh starts to look a little bit more normal my old barber used to say what's the difference between a bad haircut and a good haircut about two weeks (laughs) Um, and then uh, if this is like really bad two weeks is also the amount of time that people are supposed to quarantine if they have a coronavirus exposure. So I don't recommend like exposing yourself, but you could uh, <laughs> Pretend. come up with a scenario. You take a little bit of artistic license for how you could be concerned that at some, you know, you may have come in contact with somebody or had an exposed moment and you need to um, protect your peers by taking two weeks off. Yeah. That's a good point. I wouldn't do that, but <laughs> you could. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so try to. Okay. Yeah. Try to see this as an opportunity to embrace something or accept something that you can't really control right now and just see how it feels. Document this period of time um, with how difficult this is. And then before you know it, your hair will be back. But we know it's it sucks mm-hmm. to be in this this middle phase. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Morgan. Next question. Hit me with it. All right. Next question comes to us from the Subtil Raisin. First date with the a shy subtil guy. Subtil Raisin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know what they're really insinuating there, but um, they want to know about. A first date with a shy guy. Recently, You're talking shy guy like from the Mario universe. <laughs> yes, he's wearing a hoodie you and know, a those hockey mask. Red hooded characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know him. It's one of those. Yes, I've he I've entered a video game, <laughs> and I'm going on a date with one of the characters. Um, I hope they don't show up in any porn. Okay, first date with a shy guy. <laughs> it's a throwback. Yes. Yeah. Recently, some friends of mine decided to introduce me to one of their friends. We've been texting for a while now, and he's asked me on a date. I said yes, obviously. The thing is, I know he's a shy guy. I know that once you get to know him, I know, he's really sweet and funny, but I'm more of an extrovert, and I'm not shy at all if I feel comfortable. Do you have any tips? 
I don't want the day to seem boring just because he's not 100% comfortable. Is there any way I could make sure he's having a good time? Hmm. Well, I think um, you can't guarantee that he's having a good time. Totally. But um, allowing their, making yourself more comfortable with moments of silence could go a long way. I think um, a lot of people are shy, or I'll speak for myself, I feel shy uh, when I feel an abundance of concern for other people. So if you can make yourself more self-sufficient and just um, enjoy the environment, like not tense up in awkwardness because there's been 10 seconds of not talking, or um, that could go a long way to uh, helping him out, just like slowing down the pace or expectation of it being an exciting conversation yeah uh, yeah absolutely and it it sounds like you guys have been texting for a little while and you know uh he's a friend of a friend so you probably do have some baseline things to connect on so if you've been mm -hmm. enjoying the texting and you know you guys are kind of in the same circles i'm sure you'll have a lot to talk about um, so I think that it's, it's not worth exhausting a whole lot of energy worrying if the date's not going to go well, because I think sometimes that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and, and like, you know, you can start to get anxious about it. Um, and the other right. thing is if you're an extrovert and he, the, the date doesn't go well and you guys don't click and the conversation doesn't flow that could be a sign that you guys aren't that compatible. And I think that it's okay to allow for that reality or that possibility to exist. Um, you know, you may be enjoying mm -hmm. each other right now and you may have a fun time. You may have a boring time. You may decide you do want to see each other again. You may decide you don't want to see each other again, but like Rob said, try to just enjoy the date for what it is and view it as an opportunity to feel out if there is a connection, not necessarily to force a connection or to make sure that there is one. Cause you really, you can't control that sort of thing. You can't engineer chemistry and compatibility. It's, it's sort of there or it's not to some extent. And right. I think that I think that you would be better served if you gave yourself a little bit more agency and authority to make that decision versus worrying about if you're going to please him or create a good environment for him on this date. You should be just as important a part of the equation um, and your enjoyment of it as he is. I've uh, always thought that good dates are... Uh characterized by me caring as much about how I feel about the other person as I do about how they care about me. Yeah. And if there's a huge imbalance where I'm really overly focused on, do they like me? Do they like me? And I'm not asking myself, do I like them? Do I like them? Then, um, tends to just not be as enjoyable for either of us. So, and uh, conversely, uh, if it's just me focused on my impression of them and not caring at all about what impression I'm making on them, um, then that probably means I'm not that interested or it, it's not that exciting to me. So um, I think just consciously trying to keep that balance of, like, if you find yourself overly concerned with how do they see me, ask, okay, well, how do I see them? Yeah. 
and uh, it, it may be that you like this complementary nature. Maybe you guys are different. Um, just suggesting an alternative to the scenario Morgan presented. Um, maybe you like being the more social one in this pairing and the person who makes banter with the waiter or uh, whoever, the public, you know, uh, others, and um, then discussing it afterwards with him. Uh, I've found that when I'm around people who are kind of shy, I become more outgoing. When I become, mm. when I am around people who are really outgoing, I can become kind of more shy. And I think I like the more outgoing version of myself. So I may like being around people who aren't, could be the way that they're outgoing, like people who are, I think, breaking social rules or like um, offending other people that might shut me down more and make me more shy, just like not wanting to participate or encourage them but um yeah maybe you like being uh playing that uh pole of the uh coupling like being responsible for external interactions and then having kind of like your own cocoon world with him yeah i love that and i love thinking about it in the context of how have other uh energy partners <laughs> felt like on other dates. Um, what, mm -hmm. what, what is it like compared to another date I went on where, you know, uh, this, this was our chemistry or this was the role that I found myself in and, and, and exploring what do I prefer? What do I like? And, and how is this unique and not necessarily, is it good or is it bad, but trying to just be present with whatever is and enjoy whatever mm -hmm. is. Um, I did have another thought though, in terms of, um, sort of a concrete thing yeah. you can do is you yeah. can, yeah, yeah. Thank God. Um, sometimes these things don't really come to me at all. And, uh, yeah. So <laughs> you could, you could plan a date where there is less room for boredom and silence, like where you're actually doing something, you're, you're playing a game, you're sharing an activity where there's more of a natural flow or progression to the thing that you're doing and oh, there's yeah. less lull and there's stuff to talk about. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know what's open right now where you are, um, but you could create something together or, um, you know, you could people watch, you could, uh, I don't know. That's the end of my list, but <laughs> just things where you're, you're both facing, uh, the same external thing rather than just sitting at a table facing each other. Yes. And the only distraction is like food and drink. Yes. And, yeah. and even uh, something as kind of non activity as taking a walk, like there, where there's not necessarily right. a specific program to it. I think being in motion and like you said, not looking at each other just kind of creates more natural mm -hmm. flow. And people generally just feel more comfortable opening up when they're not looking into each other's eyes and when their bodies are already moving, it just kind of creates a looser dynamic. So, um, that could be a good way of, uh, you know, ensuring that there's some kind of structure or touch conversational touch points or just a, a more lubricate a socially lubricated um kind of mm -hmm. situation and you know I, I rarely recommend people drink but alcohol is also a, <laughs> a loosener of sorts i don't know how old you guys are sure. but um if that applies to you and that's something that you're interested in that could be a you know there's a reason why people go out for a drink when they go on a date it does tend to loosen people up mm -hmm warm them up to each other. So, all right, cool. 
I think uh, I, I want to uh, echo something that Mark Manson yeah. wrote in his book, Models Attracting Women Through Honesty. He suggested, he said all of his first dates are like three places, spending like 15 minutes to a half an hour at each one, um, because being in different environments with the same person creates more of a feeling of like you've been through some things together, like you know them better, uh, rather than just like sitting for two hours at a table at a cafe and talking to each other. That's a great point. So if you point. can walk somewhere, like go someplace different for dessert if you're doing an eating thing together or like go shopping at a record store or a bookstore, maybe something that like one of you is interested in and can something that he has some um, expertise in if it's like a, a bookstore or something like that. Uh, if one of you has a goal, oh, I need to get a gift for my niece or whatever and then you can like go exploring a toy store or something like that um, and going to another place, uh, going to a park afterwards. Um, but just like keeping it moving and being in different situations with a p- person, I think, gives you a better idea of how, what's what's a product of their internal uh, character versus like what's situational. And they're just perhaps uncomfortable in this loud bar. Mm-hmm. A lot of introverts, um, one theory says, just has have a lower threshold of stimulation so they just prefer things that are a little less noisy a little less crowded a little less bright um move a little bit slower so um you know if you go one place that's fast paced and maybe go someplace else that's slow paced and maybe you'll find that uh, that person's able to engage with you better there yeah and i love i love one of the things that you said in the middle of that of just kind of creating a mission what? or something to work a mission, an intention, something to work on, uh, like getting a Thank gift you. for someone. Um, I love that. And, mm-hmm. and again, it kind of sets up, like I said before that, that sense of like, we're, we're here to do something and there's some kind of structure and we can always come back to mm-hmm. talking on that. If there's a lull, um, you know, you could even set it up sort of like a scavenger hunt, like, okay, we're, we're going to find something that is okay. What would be the, best the thing my the thing my grandmother would like the most and what would be the thing that um my dog would like the most <laughs> i don't know yeah um but just yeah coming up with different ideas for a low an objective something that doesn't like uh if you don't accomplish it it's not a big deal and you <laughs> right. don't have to like right. dedicate my grandmother a, isn't on her a, deathbed not something with a deadline <laughs> right right um you don't want him to feel like you're he just he's uh, uh, being dragged along to your errands or your work that you would be doing at another time. But if there's some like light goal like that that you value his input on um, that can prompt discussion, I think that'd be fun. I love it. I love it. Yeah, me too. So the next question knocked it out of the park. Hit we knocked it out of the park. One. Home run. Next question, sort of similar, different angle. So this one comes to us from Ooh. Potate Pancakes. Potato without the O. Could be potat pancakes. Potat pancakes. So this one comes to us from potat pancakes. We both know potato pancakes was taken, and so they did potat pancakes. (laughs) I love it. Um, Potat pancakes wants to know how to avoid being a dry texture. So I've been texting. Yeah, I know. So I've been texting this guy who I really like, and our conversations have been really interesting and not dry at all so far. However, I've been known to be a dry texture in the past. I don't do it intentionally. Mm. I just won't know how to respond or have anything to add. So I just give a generic kind of response. So how do I become better at texting? How do I avoid dry conversations? Okay. Good question, Patat. Um, 
Okay, a couple basic things you can do, I think, are um, playing with line breaks, uh, <laughs> follow-up text. So if you're Bold. just writing in all lowercase letters, <laughs> if you're using periods, I think periods have pretty much been eliminated from the texting. Um, the only reason you should use a period is if you're really pissed at somebody and want to make a mean face after you just said whatever you said, right? Like I totally disagree. Period, I use periods all the time. For some reason, has shifted. Well, I don't want to say this, but sometimes you text kind of dry. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you text come in. I'm like, ooh, could have sprinkled some water on this one before you threw it in the microwave. <laughs> is this the Sahara over here or is Morgan texting me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a quick fix. Emojis. <laughs> a little more steam room, a little less sauna. <laughs> anyway. Um, Okay, so you're not sure of what to... So you're just sending things like, okay, or got it, or kind of non-responses. Saying um, how what it makes you feel or think of, like being more willing to uh, engage that associative machine in your brain of like, oh, that reminds me of this other time, or that reminds me of this thing. Um, using that can be like a... Uh, a good way to just like keep the conversation flowing if you feel like you're hitting dead ends. Um, now, when you're using that technique, I think it's important to like read the tone of the conversation of is this person telling you something important that they want to focus on, or are they just sort of talking for the sake of having an interaction and they don't mind those switching subjects? So, if somebody's telling you something heavy, something that they need to work through, then don't like divert to, oh, that made me think of this thing. But if you're hitting dead ends and it's like lighter conversation, I think that's a great technique. Um, okay. I want to like switch gears and right. sort of have a little bit of a meta discussion about this um, because this Let's is this is kind of the same thing that we were telling the last question asker, um, which is to me, um, it sounds like you are saying that so far the conversations have been really interesting and flowing and not dry. Mm -hmm. Um, but you have this concern because historically maybe it's, it's been tougher to achieve that flow. But I think that, and I think it's good that you're, you're thinking about how can I continue to engage this person? Cause it sounds like that means that you like them and you're interested and, um, it's working right now. I think some mm. of the advice I want to give is to just trust that and to not condemn yourself to this history that you've had in the past, maybe with people that you're not as compatible with to, to like, Oh God, I'm a dry texter. Because as soon as you start seeing yourself through that lens, everything you do becomes oriented to I'm a dry texter. How do I overcome that? How do I not be this way rather than yeah. living in the moment of the interaction? Because that's where the creativity comes in of using the associative mechanism in our brain or coming up with a playful conversation topic or, or noticing something, uh, or in your life, uh, seeing something that reminds you of this person and then sending them a picture of it and say, you know, I was thinking of this or that, whatever. Um, yeah. Creating those associations requires you to be feeling free and flexible and creative. And in general, when we have these limiting prescriptions for ourselves and we're trying to uh, 
cope with or, or avoid the anxiety of well, what if I fall into this pattern that I've previously been in in the past and what if I'm this way or that way or too dry or too this or not enough, whatever. We kind mm-hmm. of create, we dig ourselves into a hole a little bit. So I, I think it is wise for you to be thinking about this and, and to be wanting to wanting to show up in a way that's vibrant and wet and juicy and not dry. Um, but yeah. I also think you can trust the fact that it's flowing right now. Um, and I think sometimes people say things where there isn't really much of a response and you have to just say like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Um, and in that situation, something I like to do is just if no re- response is required, like the only thing you would be saying is like, okay, I might not respond. And then the next time something that makes me think of that person just organically comes up in my life, then I reach out to them with something new and start a new conversation and, and kind of inject life into the relationship that way. Um, not always dragging out a conversation that loses momentum on its own um, and feeling at fault mm-hmm. for that. So that's, that's a bunch of other broad strokes of things I wanted to say. Um, and, and to give you a little bit more credit, too, for just, hey, it seems like it's going well. Not dry, yeah. very wet. <laughs> it's all good. They may, they may have the same anxiety you do. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you can express this to this person in a humorous way if that comes up, if they start... Uh, if they complain about your texting, but I don't think you need to preemptively assume that that's going to happen. Maybe that last person, I'm assuming there's someone in the past that told you that your texting was dry. Um, maybe that person just had a, uh, high need for lots of capitalized letters at places they don't belong and, um, <laughs> emojis. And you know how on the iPhone you can use like the slam effect or the invisible ink or, that type of uh, messages where confetti pops out and balloons and there's a heart that's drawn. You don't have to, if that's not your style, that's not your style. That's okay. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, I do love, yeah. I love sending a picture because that's, as we know, mm-hmm. equivalent to a thousand words. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's easier in a way, but it also is kind of a bigger gesture in a way. So it, it kind of like, it kind of is the best of both worlds where it's like really, thoughtful to send a picture of like, you know, maybe something you're doing and just say you're thinking of them, depending on where you are in the relationship or something that funny or just a meme that someone else created. I think that when, when you Mm -hmm. like someone, you appreciate anything that kind of comes your way from them and, and just lets you know that they're thinking about you. So anytime you get that impulse, just be present with it and try to come and try to, you know, uh, indulge it without overthinking it. Yeah, let's say you were going to just respond okay or like with a thumbs up uh what do you call that annotation or you thumbs up somebody's text just like a confirmation that got right, it. Right. Um, you could send a picture of yourself um holding the thumbs up symbol and maybe you're making a funny face or maybe you're just making a normal face and you've got a water bottle on your head <laughs> or something else that's just slightly out of place. To add a little bit of, um, okay, if they want to keep talking to you, they can comment on that thing. Um, that's kind of just a playful move. You can just have something out of the ordinary, something unexpected uh, in the confirmation. It's just a picture of your face reacting to the news. 
Um, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. You could send a picture of you with the fat lip, you know, sticking out your lower lip and um, sincerely like showing your your facial expression to that. Yes. I love that suggestion. I actually do that a lot. I will just send like a reaction to the person. And I think it, it makes the conversation mm-hmm. feel more intimate, like, you know, somewhat like you're there in person. Um, and then you get to show off your cute face to them and remind them why they like you. <laughs> it's triple mm-hmm. whammy. Sweet. Yes. So great. Yeah. I Thanks, would potato. love, yeah, I would love for you to wet text us back and <laughs> write to us at freeadvicepodcast <laughs> at gmail.com and, and just let us know how it's going and let us know what you've tried and what, uh, you know, how it's going. I just said that, whatever, mm-hmm. just let us know. <laughs> we want to yeah. hear from you. We don't <laughs> yeah. think you're dry. We want to hear from you. All your potato goods. No. Yeah. Um, so do you want to take one more question? I think so. I think so too. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. This one comes to us from Spader623. Oh. Oh. A lot of people I'm trying to become friends with don't put in the effort. I don't know why. Mm. Whether it's flaking last minute, Mm. me having to remind them we're meeting tomorrow, saying they may be free this weekend and will let me know. They don't, inevitably. I'm not a priority in their lives. It's not that I'm upset that I'm not. I know I'm a new person, but it's frustrating that I don't get some decent respect. I don't flake last minute, and if I do, I immediately reschedule. I get back to them on if I'm free or not. I don't waste time. Why should my time be wasted? Why should I be seen as less important? I don't get it. It seems to happen often, and it's immensely frustrating. What can I do? Also, since I forgot to do this, I'm in Canada and 24 years old. Yeah, I think, uh, thanks for the question. That's a frustrating trend that I think is happening uh, amongst young people in particular um damn young people reliability i know um could be that we have too ma- too much access to other people uh we feel like we undervalue individuals because of um the seemingly infinite pool of the internet and all the connections that that can cause us um it's yeah. a bummer and i hope that uh if you can find a different, so keep, keep looking is my main advice. Um, there are other people who share your values and they will appreciate the heck out of you for, uh, being reliable when they meet you and when they've gone through the same, I assume bullshit with, uh, people that they're trying to befriend too. Um, yeah. Keep looking. Yeah. Yeah. This this sucks to feel on this end of things like again and again. And I'm, I'm someone who has definitely been here. Um, I was an only child and was always so, so, so thirsty for interaction with other people and often got uh, flaked on or people were too busy. And I was really immersed in that disappointment because I had nothing else going on. Um, and that was sad and really fucking sucked. Um, and now as an adult, conversely, I've admittedly been the other person. I've been the person who has, um, flaked or dropped the conversation or not prioritized spending time with someone. Um, and so I definitely have, while I don't think that 
that there are there are much more there are polite ways to do it there are respectful ways to do it um but i certainly have compassion for both sides of this predicament and i do think that rob is right i think that people are just pulled in too many directions and spread themselves too thin and think oh yeah i can do i can meet up with this person or talk to this person or hang out with this person and do all these other things that I'm not factoring in when I'm saying yes to them. And I do think people should be more upfront and honest, myself included. This is not, this is a weak point for me of being more upfront and honest about things that maybe aren't my priority rather than trying to do it all and then letting someone down in the end. Um, So my, my advice for you is yes, keep looking for people that are your tribe um, and have those same values of not, uh, letting other people down and being as reliable and communicative. But I think it would also be really, um, it would really help you to see if you can put yourself in someone else's shoes and imagine the best case scenario of why they've, um, not responded to you or communicated to you in the way that you would have liked and see if you can drum mm-hmm. up some compassion for that situation, or maybe even thinking of a circumstance where you let someone down um, because I think that having that may be advice that frustrates you to hear. Um, but I think that having more compassion for those people and then therefore the parts of yourself that are wounded by those people will generally help you to, um, just feel a little bit more at ease and not so gripped and attached to the narrative that this is something that you're doing that is, that is evoking this behavior in people or um, that, that, that these people are the enemy in some way. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I, 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 I absolutely think you don't deserve to be treated this way. I'm not trying to defend what they're doing so much, but I am trying to help you maybe depersonalize it um, and and feel less uh, offended or disappointed by when these things happen because they do happen and they really fucking suck. Um, and we we tend mm-hmm. to personalize things because we l- we'd like to think that all of how everyone treats us is completely under our control. And sometimes it is, but often it's not. And then we're kind of running ourselves through the ringer for no reason. And I would hate to see you exhausting yourself, trying to chase people that, like you said, aren't going to prioritize you. That's, that's not a fun place to be in that. That tends to, it tends to happen in batches I've found in my life where it'll happen all at once with like six different people and then I'll be on the other side of it. And it's a really frustrating pattern to find yourself in. But I think the way out is always trying to see things from a new perspective or thinking about, okay, well, what do I have control over my relationship with myself and how I make time for myself and the things that I enjoy doing? (sighs) That was a big exhale. I uh, I even want to say maybe there's something that you could learn from uh it's possible that you're doing something that is turning people off i think most of the time um it's bad luck until you find your group of people i don't want to make that the first assumption but um maybe there are attitudes that uh worked for you in 
the old place that you came from and in this new community people have a different politics or a different um just uh, norms and you could be unconsciously uh saying things that like used to uh give you in-group access that now people are looking at you like that's that's not so cool they're judging you for it so i think um if you found someone that you really liked and trusted and they were they seem like a reliable person they're dodging you you may be able to ask like hey am i doing something that turned you like ask for some kind of feedback um am i in some way uh screwing up this social interaction like i was expecting to be friends and this this has been happening to me i'm trying to improve myself like can you give me some kind of a feedback um i've had those interactions with people before uh where like i i told them why hey i thought you were an asshole for like taking photographs of uh there was this girl who took photos of girls who got too drunk and posted them on a blog to like shame them. And I was like, that, Oh my God. That just seems like a really shitty. She didn't drink herself. And I was like, That. <laughs> I just really disliked that. Yeah. And uh, she said, Thank you so much for telling me that. Like, this is what allows me to improve as a person. Mm. And um, I, I, just because that person exists, I can't assume that you are, are not perhaps doing something. It could be something subtler. Um, but. Um, do you, have you ever had the conversation the other way where you've asked someone, what can I do to shift how people respond to me? Hmm. I don't think so. Hmm. I think that would be no. a fun assignment for us I'm to sorry. do. Yeah. I'd like to do I it. I think so. I'm always looking for the, those little bits of intel. I don't have too many like. Also, one thing that I hadn't brought up yet, I don't know exactly what it's like in your area, but um, I feel like the coronavirus has just added an element of unpredictability and like last minute cancellations are going to be a lot more common um, and people like in the moment getting anxious about seeing people, um, even remote activities that don't spread the virus that don't put you like at risk of contracting it could be like people have more uncertainty in their lives and more that they have to be reactive to uh yeah because of that situation so i think everything has gotten a little bit less reliable yeah i think that's a really good point because i think people are just feeling more spread thin and have more ambient overwhelm and anxiety in their lives in general even if it's not directly related mm -hmm. to covid right now it's because of that uncertainty and maybe for them, mm -hmm. hanging out with someone new evokes social anxiety. And maybe it's more about that. Um, yeah. But the other thing I wanted to say uh, is pulling out this one particular line. Um, I don't waste time. Why should my time be wasted? Why should I be seen as less important? Um, I think I always like to look at our relationships with other people as mirrors to what's going on within ourselves it's it's always on some level reflecting back something because if we weren't perceiving it at all uh that's the only way it's not it's something that's happening within us as well um so i know you're saying i don't waste time why should my time be wasted i would wonder are there things 
or experiences in the past where you have felt like you've wasted your own time, or maybe you're not a hundred percent happy with how you've been spending your time, or you don't like the, the result. Maybe you're spending your time in all the right ways, but you're not getting this certain result that you want. Um, so I would encourage you, even though you do feel that you're not wasting your own time, I would encourage you to look at your relationship with time because it seems to evoke frustration for you that, that other people would waste it and disrespect you in that way. And so I always think that there's valuable insight to be called just from asking yourself on that hypothetical level, like, how do I feel about how I've been spending my time both alone and with other people? Um, and, and is it as satisfying as it could be? Um, and, and where are the places where I feel that I haven't respected myself enough and they may not jump out as obvious answers, but if you start Mm -hmm. to open that dialogue with yourself and you start to see things through that lens, you might, you might pick things up that you haven't really recognized before. And it could give you some interesting insight into why for you is this, um, evoking a lot of, uh, emotion or frustration. And maybe you don't see it that way. Cause I know you did say, you know, it doesn't really upset you that much, but if you're bothering to write this question, it, there, there's some kind of sticking point here. Um, I know that for me personally, when I look back at how, um, raw it feels for me to be disappointed by someone or to feel like I made a plan with someone and they flake out, Um, you know, I, I look back to my childhood and I realize like the way that I grew up and how lonely and isolated I felt really felt life or death to me. And it was just, I was saturated in these experiences of, of being disappointed by people who had made commitments to me. And so that became this very sensitive issue to me even now, um, as an adult. And so just having that awareness and and recognizing that this isn't just about this moment right now and this person and you it's it's part of a larger fabric and there are probably patterns that you could start to look at that would inform you of oh there's all these older dynamics that that have gone on in the past that are related to this and that could also be an angle through which you could start to understand what might I be doing unconsciously to um, evoke this behavior uh, in other people but it's hard to know where that mm-hmm. line is of wh- what am I doing? What are they doing? And where, where is the problem happening? Yes, um, it is. And it's, it's especially a challenge being in a new place um, where you don't have much of a social network yet. It, it, it'll happen. It just may take longer than you want, but the more you try, the more you do, as Morgan said, and examine your past and your, your uh, sensitive points, um, I think the the more successful you'll be and the more you'll uh, enjoy in the meantime as you build that community. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple concrete tips I just wanted to throw in at the end are, um, I think, more specific plans, like a uh, instead of saying, hey, want to go to the park next weekend, saying like, hey... Um, Saturday at 11 a.m., do you want to uh, meet up from a picnic? Do you want to, like, grab some things from Whole Foods and meet up for a picnic? Um, Or, like, have a specific date and time rather than general things, I think, can make people more likely to give you a concrete answer or 
commit to it. Um, especially yes. things that like require reservations. I don't know what's open around you now, but like, you know, do you want to meet at this place at this time for this show? Um, that can be better. And then picking times that you know that other people are likely to be able to make it and um, not like after they have to do other things. So I think earlier is better than late. People often underestimate their willingness to uh, drive someplace far away at mm -hmm. the end of a day um, once they've already done a bunch of other things and assume that they're going to have more energy than they do. And um, finally managing like the uh, the shame that people feel when they turn someone down for something. Like if it's become really difficult to plan something or they've uh, said no a couple times, then like even when they are available, it might might make them start to see themselves as like an avoidant person in your eyes and then um, just act, like avoid the situation out of shame of that. Um, so I think it can be helpful to like pick times that they're likely to be free upon the first um, upon the first request or second request. Um, and if they ask you to do something that you can't do, suggest an alternative. Um, be like, I'm busy that day, but how about the next day and this thing? Um, yeah. Uh, and if someone isn't suggesting alternatives to you, maybe they don't want to hang out that much. Yeah. Um, which is always hard to stomach. But if you dwell on that instead of trying to create opportunities to connect with someone who is interested in hanging out with you, then, you know, you're not helping the situation you're stewing in that. Yeah. That, you know, disappointments stew. <laughs> mm -hmm. I wanted that to be a pun, but then it, it, it just so clearly wasn't. Um, one other thing about like the time <laughs> specificity, I don't know why I thought yeah. it would be a pun. Um, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the time specificity uh, this has helped me a lot is instead of saying like, uh, you know, Oh, I'm free. Like whenever you're thinking like, Oh, I'm going to communicate over availability. Like, Oh, I'm so free all this time. Um, and some, when someone asks like, when do you want to hang out? Instead of saying like giving that blanket, I'm free. Da 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 da. Say, how about this specific time? Like mm -hmm. making that choice instead of communicating, I can do whenever is a different, it just has a different energy to it. I think there's something like a little bit more like concrete and authoritative and, and easily digestible about that versus like when you say I'm free, like any time it kind of puts the onus then back on that person to come up with a time that, that they're free rather than just saying yes right. or no to the, the window that you've suggested. They may respect your time more if it seems like you respect your time and have other plans, even if you don't, just that you are scheduling your time and don't want to be like reactive day of to whenever it's convenient for them. Right, um, right. And choosing yeah, a time window that, really... yeah, that, that isn't just like the only time that you're free, if you're free a lot of the time, but choosing what would be the mm -hmm. optimal time for me to do this activity right. and suggest that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's good. So I hope that is helpful. And uh, I want to know, I, I'm, I'm really eager to know what kind of shifts you might make or frustrations you might continue to have on, on hearing our advice. So, so please do write us back. 
at freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Um, do you have anything that else that you yeah, want to say? Tell me how you're meeting new people. Cause I, yeah. uh, I'd love to meet a new person. It's been months, man. <laughs> I'd love to make a new friend. Yeah. Um, I have something else to share in the, uh, category of listener feedback. Oh yeah. What's that? Yeah. So, uh, last week we answered a question from stud muffin man about, uh, he and yes. his partner are moving in together and neither of us had had, neither of them had lived with a partner before. And he said, oh, right, right. Yeah. He said, finally got a chance to check out your podcast. Thanks for the advice. Definitely going to share it with the girlfriend and hopefully everything will be copacetic. Um, I love that because listening to the podcast together and not just, you know, trying out the suggestions if they're related to another person can really help uh, just kind of have it coming from multiple angles and not be filtered through anyone's side or anything. Um, and I just I love that you are sharing it as an activity and hopefully it, it sets the stage for you guys to be on the same plane and, um, you know, get along and, and have things run smoothly in this new endeavor that you're entering into. I love it. Thank you so much for listening. I'm happy that you're keeping the word copacetic alive. That's a great word. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's it really is. I don't use it nearly enough. Copacetic. It sounded smart as shit. And it's beautiful. That heart that the the Mm -hmm. hard C and then the soft C. What a winning combo. And then the hard C again. Yeah. It's a soft C sandwich. Someday. Someday when you're having a nice a, a moment of calm and peace and you're living together. Just turn to her and look at her, nod, and say, copacetic. (laughs) Smile. Just, yeah, just bask in it. Bask. Just bask. Imagine that moment and then build it. (laughs) You can, according to Bob the Builder. I don't know if they're going to listen to this again. Maybe I shouldn't be giving them more advice on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool. I think everyone can take advantage of using the word copacetic in their lives. That's true. But yeah, so if you're listening to this podcast and we just gave you advice or you have a question that you want us to give advice on, please email us at freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Any and all calls for advice, feedback, comments, whatever the fuck, we want to hear it. We do this for you guys. We love you. And we have so much fun. It's a free service. It's free. Whatever, it's free of charge. We get a lot out of it. Just talking to each other. Yeah. Feeling seen, feeling heard. 100%. Yeah. All right, everyone. Snuggle up next to your favorite pillow. Just some good night sleep. Or day sleep, whenever you prefer to sleep. <laughs>